The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. And now, it's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan. Keeping it real here on 680, it's the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Get that fan mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota of Cumming. Can you say it with me, Beaver Direct? Fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Let them wow you, Beaver Toyota and Cumming. 10 o'clock hour brought to you by Dupree Plumbing. Go with the plumber I trust and score $50 off your next plumbing service. More at DupreePlumbing.com. I've got that memorized, DT. Uh, Derek Thomas in the house. He's our engineer and our producer today on the show. Now, we've got a guest coming up. Do we need to go to the sales department and have one of the sales guys come in and call our guest today. Oh, we're going to be fine, Buck. We got Ryan here to help us out, too, so we're, we're, we're fine. No, but remember last week we had an issue where you kept getting the voicemail of our guest. Now, that can be a problem, but that and doesn't really asked, matter. You were trying to tell me to text our guest. <laughs> when the guests don't but answer, I was that, talking that is a problem. I was doing the show, <laughs> and I can't multitask, so that creates a little bit of a problem. Well, our, our, our boy D-Led's dependable. He's going to answer, right? Yeah, uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter is going to be on here at 1020. We'll talk about the Falcons quarterback change as he is all over that yeah, situation. He's a, he's a pro. We can trust D. Led. We'll be all right. <laughs> That's what they say all the time. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I just, I was told a long time ago, you better have plan B It is nice to have something else ready to go. All right, baseball season over. Let's get to the big take. Bucks. Big. Take. Yeah, the baseball season came to an end last night with the Dallas Rangers winning their first World Series championship in 63 years. After six consecutive losing seasons. And it wasn't supposed to end like this. This was supposed to be our year here in Atlanta to celebrate. Our Braves were the best team in baseball for six months winning 104 times and beating the Phillies by 14 games in the division. But then we got exposed in the postseason. The bats went silent. The pitching let us down. And we checked out early, way early. Meanwhile, in Dallas, the Rangers struggled down the stretch and blew the division title with a loss on the last day of the regular season. No way they win it all, right? Wrong. They took down 99-win Tampa. Then they took down 101-win Baltimore. Then they disposed of upstart Phoenix in five. 
And in the process, the Rangers won 11 straight postseason road games and set a new record. Now, as a baseball fanatic, I was amazed at this Rangers postseason run. And unlike a lot of the hosts around here, I couldn't pull myself away from the game. I saw pretty much every pitch of the World Series. And as a disappointed Braves fan, I'm just thankful I did not have to uh, sit there and uh, especially last night and watch the annoying Phillies celebrate. So it was a blessing seeing the Rangers take the title was a lot more enjoyable. And there's your big take. And it's brought to you by Daco Systems. Heating and air for your HVAC repair. Contact locally owned Daco Systems at dacosystems.com. Keeping Atlanta comfortable. One home at a time. So, yeah, it was, uh, that was good stuff. Last night, you know, I just couldn't stop thinking about my Braves. And uh, last week, I went over to Goldberg's here in the Battery and got a a bagel. For some reason, I was craving one of those. And I looked in the back of Goldberg's, and I saw the chairman, Terry McGurk, the president and CEO, Derek Schiller. And it looked like general manager Alex Anthopoulos. And they were all sitting together in the back of the restaurant. They were huddled up. I'm assuming discussing plans for the 2024 Atlanta Braves. And we should all know what the priority is. Priority number one for our Braves here in 2024. And we've already seen uh, seen some of this unfold here. Pitching. Solidify the pitching staff. The rotation and the bullpen. Last week, the Braves re-up with Pierce Johnson. Who's got that unbelievable curveball that nobody can seem to hit. So we re-upped with Pierce, and now this morning, Joe Jimenez is given a three-year contract to stay working in that bullpen. Priority number one, got to solidify the pitching staff. And I'm assuming that's what McGurk and Schiller and Anthopoulos were talking about. If you're wondering, what is priority number two? Well, that's to find a quality left fielder, a guy that can field and hit. And basically, that's about it on my list as far as the needs for the Braves uh, during this offseason. I mean, my goodness, you look at the everyday lineup, the position players, we got Murphy and Darno behind the plate. We're good there. Olsen at first base, great regular season, Matt. I mean, that was tremendous. Got Ozzie Albies at second, R.C. at short. We got Riley at third. We got Acuna in right. We got Harrison center. So we need a left fielder. And I'm guessing that's not going to be Rosario. And by the way, how did Rosario become a Gold Glove finalist? I'm just stunned at that. And and Acuna not even in the mix for the Gold Glove in right field. How do you explain that? I mean, Eddie Money can hit. But he's certainly not even close to being a gold glove left fielder. 
And that's the eye test talking. I don't need advanced analytics to determine this. Got to solidify the pitching staff. Got to get better there. And you look at the bullpen. We got Iglesias. We got Mentor. And now we've got Jimenez and, and Pierce Johnson ready to go. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that we're going to see Tyler Matzik during our World Series season, a guy that was locking them down at the end of the year, shutting them down, coming out of the pen, coming off the Tommy John surgery, missed the entire season, just hoping and praying we're going to see Matzik back in there assuming the same role he had during the World Series title. Now the rotation, we got Strider, we got Freed, and we got Elder. And Freed, I'm worried about. What are we doing with Freed? He enters the final year of arbitration with our Atlanta Braves. He's been our ace. He's been our lockdown guy, a guy you could count on every time he took the ball, with the exception of those finger blisters he's been, he's been getting. What are we going to do with Freed? We're going to trade him, get something in return? Are we going to let him play out this season and then let him walk? and get nothing but a draft pick? What is Freed's mentality going to be this year? That I deserve a multi-year market value contract, but they're not going to give me that? So I'm just going to play out the string here? And who will be the fourth and fifth man in the rotation? I think we're going to see Charlie Morton retire here in the coming days. That news will come down. Uh, we've got a couple of young guys we can count on. A.J. Smith-Shawver, man, he can hit the driver. I've seen him out on the golf course a little bit this year. He's bombing it off the tee. Is he going to be a guy that's going to step into the uh, rotation? I'm assuming Soroka's gone. And then I can't wait to see more of Hurston Waldrop. The first-round pick out of Florida. He's a Thomasville, Georgia kid. You know he's tough. Signed for close to $3 million with a signing bonus. And during the short tenure and the, the first year in the minor leagues for him after the college season ended, after the draft, he went through four levels in seven weeks. Knocking on the door. We'll see him in spring training. He's got velocity is what everybody uh, seems to like these days, can throw it up there, about 98. He's got that nasty, filthy split change. We're going to see Hurston Waldrop in the rotation this year. And uh, I would imagine Alex Anthopoulos is right now uh, setting it up where they're going to bring in some veteran to fit into the rotation coming into the year. So looking forward to 2024, that is. Hoping that's going to be our year. We all thought it was going to be this year, right? Boy, it ended with a crash in the intersection. Well, not that it matters Buck, but much, but the Braves are currently the betting favorites in Vegas for the 2024 World Series. Uh, maybe this, in 2024, maybe Snit plays it this way. We... We try to tank at the end of the regular season. So we get the wild card, right? So then when the postseason begins, then we start immediately. There's no five days off. 
Yeah, Kamish said they're not looking at uh, changing this format any anytime yeah, didn't know that. soon. So, and you know why? It's because the owners told the Kamish that they like the format as it stands right now because they're making more money. That's what that's all about. It's not to benefit the team that uh, runs the table through the one sixty two. It's not about that. It's about the money. How much money can you make? More games, more cash. Yeah, it was uh, feel good, though, watching the Rangers get it done last night. I mean, it was pretty phenomenal what they were able to do. They, uh, you know, they blew it, as I was saying in the big take there, at the end of the year playing poorly. And then once the once the postseason start, started, they got some gritty started pitching. They played some sound defense. They found some guys that were reliable coming out of the bullpen. They... After bombing it during the regular season, they were able to manufacture runs in the postseason. Uh, Bruce Bochy, how do you not pull for him? I was going to say, yeah, Bochy's the mastermind. He knew he knew exactly what he was doing all along, huh? And then the Dallas Rangers star player, Corey Seager, who they invested all this this ton of money in to bring him in there. That paid off. Is the World Series' most valuable player. Dude is raking. Absolutely raking. Whether it's the regular season or whether it's the postseason or whether it's a... A Saturday game or a game seven in the playoffs. I mean, this guy's raking. And that's what we need out of our star players is a guy that's going to show up during the postseason. But again, just thankful the uh, Phillies didn't get it done this year. I tell you what, I saw, saw a little bit of all these postseason series. And let me just say, I would not have watched the World Series if the Phillies had been in there. Bryce Harper, you jerk. All right, coming up next, man, we got D. Orlando Ledbetter. He's going to join us, and we'll break down this Falcons quarterback move, talk about the head coach, and get into a little Falcons football. Looking forward to that, plus a lot of college football. We don't do it one day a week. We do it every day on this show during the college football season. Thank Alabama you, and LSU. we got Georgia and Missouri, Georgia Tech and Virginia. We're breaking it down. Stick around for that. Got the Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. On the fans, 680 and 93.7, man, we uh, were going Monday through Friday, 10 to 11, trying to squeeze it all in. 
So much to talk about and so little time to get to it. So we got to talk fast. Hey, this Friday, uh, join. We've got Nick and Chris are going to be out and about. They'll be broadcasting live from 11 to 2 at $3 Cafe in Kennesaw. Want to invite you to get on by. They got Atlanta's Best Wings, the coldest beer at $3 Cafe in Kennesaw coming up Friday. Nick and Chris. $3 Cafe, Atlanta's Best Wings and Family Friendly Sports Bar. Let's go to the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line and bring on uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter covering the Falcons for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Man, we appreciate your time today, brother. Tell us how long you've been covering the Falcons for the AJC. Ooh, it's been a while there, Buck. Uh, 2005, my first game was the uh, 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 NFC Championship game in Philly, and then I was helping out on the beat with Steve Weiss there for a few years. I think that was 05, 04 season. And uh, in 2008, I took over as the main beat writer in Coach Smith's first season. So, What a great run. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. It's been awesome. You know, and what I love about you, man, is is you're getting that next generation ready, too. I've been watching you. You're mentoring these young sports writers around Metro Atlanta. Yeah, no doubt. I've been teaching uh, since uh, uh, 06, at first at Clark Atlanta, and then uh, the last eight, nine years at the University of Georgia in the, the uh, Carmichael Sports Media Institute program that was started uh, about 10 years ago up in Athens. We're lucky to have you here, brother. We appreciate it. Hey, let's talk Falcons football. What do you say? Yeah, no problem. Hey, the, uh, you know, uh, big big move at quarterback there. Um, Tyler Heineke came in and scored 20 points in the first, uh, second half. Uh, you know, Desmond Ritter has been averaging 17 points a game. You know, they've been moving the ball, but, you know, not scoring any points. And, you know, you turn the ball over 13 times, you're probably going to get benched. So, Arthur, yesterday at the press conference, announces they're going with Heineke. And and then, you know, you guys kept peppering him with questions, wanting to know more. You're doing your job. And, and he kept bringing up, well, there are a lot of variables. Can you tell us what you believe those variables are? Yeah, no, no question. But the first variable is six interceptions and seven fumbles. The, the turnovers by Desmond Ritter, that's variable number one. Um, the health variable was thrown out the window because he was cleared in the follow-up from the, uh, um, you know, from the uh, concussion protocol. And the, um, you know, you, you, you got a whole team working hard, and, uh, you know, if you can eliminate the turnovers, uh, you know, maybe, you know, you can get moving here in the right direction. You don't want to lose a team by keep uh you know by someone that keeps making the same mistakes or making them differently no doubt about that so do you think they were more concerned about Ritter losing his confidence getting benched or the front office looking bad by forcing him on us so early in his career yeah i think uh you know they they i do think they have the team's uh best interest at heart uh, trying to find the best way to win. They got a lot of stuff that's working for them. We finally see them moving the ball via the land and the air. But, you know, you can't um, get to the red zone and throw an interception every week. That'll, that'll cost you every week. You're in a bunch of one-score games. So uh, the margin of error is so fine 
that uh, you know you got to do got to do something there. I don't know uh, why all the semantics and why people just can't say what stuff is anymore. You benching the quarterback because you're not winning. You lost four of your last six games, and you're trying to make a move here in the NFC South and uh, be relevant in the National Football League. You don't even have a primetime game anymore. So, um, you know, folks, uh, I just don't know if everybody's trying to be too nice to each other. Uh, just call a thing a thing. He wasn't playing good football, good winning football, and you got to see if the other guy can, can win a game for you. I, I remember when the Falcons hired Arthur Smith, and we were being sold a lot of publicity surrounding the job that he does, especially in the red zone. He was supposed to be a red zone genius. And, uh, you know, best I can tell, we're, we're struggling in that red zone. And, and then the scheme I, I was concerned about when he got the job, too, because it's a pass-happy league, as you know. And we're going to go counterculture here. We're, we're going to hire a guy that believes in that run game. We're going to do what everybody else is not doing. And I saw where Kurt Warner, former NFL quarterback turned analyst today on social media on X, had a video up and was was really doubting the the scheme, the play calling, the play designs that Arthur Smith has. I mean, certainly there's more blame to go around than just at Desmond Ritter. Yeah, no doubt. I, I uh, retweeted that and, and gave myself a memo to uh, make sure I asked David Ragone about this, and I'm pretty sure he's going to say that uh, it takes all 11 to make the, the, the plays work. But what I saw... Uh, was missed blocks. You know, I saw a uh, tight end coming across to get the D in and just ran right past him. Uh, I also saw um, the hot route was, was covered on one, and then there wasn't a hot route on the other one. So if the quarterback sees the blitz or picks it up, then, he you know, he's got to dump it off. And, and then I saw the failure to block the backside in on, on two of the clips. It was a five-minute clip, so he had a bunch of – plays that he has stacked together so uh you got execution and design flaws and uh just the raw video that kurt has out there uh yeah so we need to ask them about that uh was it execution uh you know or, or design flaw and you know not having the hot route somebody could not have heard the hot call and went on up the field when they were supposed to shut it down uh and then uh you know also they said desmond was a little off in the first half with his play calls and he said he messed up a call in the first and the second uh quarter and that kind of led to you know the speculation about a concussion so yeah there's a lot going on there it's not a real smooth operation but you know one part of that by now they should have that part smoothed out you know part of it is they don't play in the exhibition season anymore they hardly tackle they don't even tackle really uh so you know the first four games you should see stuff like that but eight games into the season, you should be working at a, a higher uh, efficiency rate than what um, we saw in Tennessee last weekend. You know, I don't uh, just sit here and try to look for things to pick at the Falcons about. I've been cheering for them since I was a little boy and have always been a Falcons fan. I'm just it, it sometimes really frustrated with uh, the, the way things have gone here. I mean, we had a great run with Matt Ryan as the quarterback and did some damage and made it to a Super Bowl and, and all that. But I'm just concerned right now we're not on the same page. And we got a general manager drafting these skill players. we got a head coach running the offense. He wants to play smash-mouth football. We're not getting the most out of Pitts. 
in my opinion. Uh, what do you make of that? Are they on the same page? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what, what they uh, – one of the issues is they try to make this a collaborative effort where everybody's got a hand in the pot. I think there's too many cooks in the pot. Uh, you know, a lot of the old school teams, and, and they did this at first. Uh, the, the general manager picked the players. The coach coached the football team. You know, I don't need the coach in the, in the scouting meetings. But, uh, but you know, apparently they do, and the, uh, got a little more people than that in there. Uh, and so, you know, um, that came out of the fact that when Dimitrov was drafting linebackers uh, and Coach Nolan didn't like them, <laughs> you know, they drafted three linebackers one year and they got rid of them. So they just thought that was a bad way of doing business. But, you know, the hit rate is only 30% in the draft. And so, you know, you think you're going to hit on all eight of your draft picks every year. That's just not, not going to happen. So you got to have a scouting department to help you find players. But, you know, the Green Bay Packer model under Ron Wolf was uh, he coached the players. He, he got the players, and the coaches coached them. And, you know, that led to Holmgren leaving because he wanted to go to Seattle and be in control of the uh, player opposition. So, you know, the good teams uh, that uh, sustain winning have a, a defined way of getting their players and letting their coaches coach as you see by the Steelers and their long record of uh, winning and going to the playoffs. So uh, I just think this collaborative stuff, you know, where nobody's accountable for uh, who did what and, you know, it's, it's all mixed up and you got the coaches scouting and, you know, they need to be working on coaching and, and you got scouts trying to get the coaches up to speed. You know, it's just probably not the uh, best structure uh, for uh, winning in the National Football League. Hey, we've heard a lot about the three-year plan, and that's what, you know, as soon as Fontenot and, and Arthur Smith came aboard, we started hearing about this three-year plan. This is year number three. So if this slide continues this season, do you believe you believe Arthur's in trouble? No, no, because, Buck, if you look at it, he set up pretty good here to get on a roll. <laughs> And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, you've seen enough stuff out there that where, hey, they got to just pull it together. The uh, You know, they got the Vikings coming in here with a fifth-round quarterback, followed by the Cardinals, who are 1-7. Then you go to break, you're 6-4. I mean, you can get the 10-11 wins uh, with this team here. Uh, just with a minor, minor, just taking care of the football, you can get there. It's not a real tough schedule. Uh, and you could do like the Giants did last year, get on the road, get your 10 wins, go to playoffs, maybe get uh, a, a playoff win, and then you'll run into a bus off uh, in Philly or Seattle or somebody like that. But, yeah, you can you can lay a foundation here still. It's not time to throw in the towel on this season uh, because of the schedule and because you've seen enough good to uh, build up on. Yeah, there's hope. Heineke, if he can play like he did when we saw him last week, not turn it over. The way this defense is playing, there's certainly a lot of hope for Falcons fans here the rest of this season. D. Orlando Ledbetter, man, he's working the Falcons for the AJC, and we respect you and appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for making time for us today. Sure, no problem, Buck. I really appreciate coming on the show, and thanks for having me. Keep up the good work out there, man. Thank you. There he goes. D. Orlando Ledbetter, flat out getting the job done. Let's bounce around the college football scene.
get right to that Alabama-LSU game. couple of big games in the SEC as it relates to who's going to be here in Atlanta playing in the SEC title game. We've got Georgia and Missouri. Talk about that in a moment. Right now, though, Alabama and LSU teeing it up on Saturday. LSU going for two in a row over the Tide. And I sit here and wonder, are we going to see Alabama play a four-quarter football game? Because I'm, I'm just going to flat say I hadn't seen them do it yet this season. The Crimson Tide, they played in spurts. Played well that first half against Tennessee. Second quarter against Texas A&M was impressive. First half against Ole Miss, really good. Fourth quarter against Texas in the loss. They woke up and played pretty well there late in that game. But when are they going to put it together? Are they going to put it together? Four quarters of football is what it takes, especially against quality competition, which I believe LSU is. You got to score if you're going to beat LSU. And I wonder about this Alabama offense. Speaking of LSU and their scoring, Jaden Daniels, one of the top quarterbacks in the game today. A big performance out of him. And why wouldn't he have a big performance? I know Alabama's defense is tough and one of the better ones out there, but they've got talent all the way around Jaden Daniels. He can run it, he can spin it, he can read coverage. The scheme is really good for him. He's a dangerous man. Can't wait to see how this unfolds on this side of the ball. Tell you what, if he has a big game, look for Jaden Daniels to make that trip to New York as a Heisman finalist. Huge game for him as it relates to the individual award. If he can light up Alabama, everybody's going to pay attention, especially those Heisman voters. So keep an eye on that one. I'm expecting a close, high-scoring game. I was going to say, yeah, LSU's scoring a lot, but everybody else is scoring a lot yeah, when they play, when they play this, LSU. Uh, earlier this week, LSU's going to score. Alabama can score, but can they keep up? You win this one, Alabama and LSU, the winner, will move on to the SEC championship game for the... You know, it's not 100% guarantee, but that's what it's looking like to me. So a huge game going down. Alabama and LSU. Prime time, too, Bucky. Expecting a rowdy crowd out there. And it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. It's going to be fabulous. And so is our golf tournament. By the way, we've got another. You, you thinking, hey man, six eighty? You got another golf tournament? Yeah, we got them all year round. I was just man. talking to Scotty McFarland about it. It sounds like a lot of fun too. We got our extra one hundred six three six eighty Veterans Day Golf Classic going down at Dogwood Golf Club, and uh, that is coming up on Monday. And we raise money for the Warrior Alliance to help our veterans and their families integrate into civilian life. I mean, who doesn't want to support that? Seriously. And we want to thank our sponsors, especially Daniel Defense and West Rock have become a, a part of the support team here as far as the sponsorships go. And just want to say we really appreciate both those entities coming on and being a part of this. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, that Chili Dip Open would be the next tournament, which will be early 2024 got that new driver i'm anxious to get out and hit it a little bit and so um i was told yesterday that i wasn't a part of this warrior alliance golf tournament 
little disappointed. I didn't with get that. the invite either, Buck. But it sounds yeah, it sounds like it sold out well. And yeah, but uh, Scotty was saying the National Guard's going to be out there. Some military vehicles sounds like a big old we'll time. We'll be well protected. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be the safest place around. Huh? Yeah, they uh, don't have to worry about the petty cash box going missing. All right, let's get to the Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25, 20, 49, 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Georgia Pack and Load, Finley Roofing, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Yeah, 3.30 kickoff in Athens on Saturday. Bulldog Nation fired up about this one. Missouri showing up, thinking they got a shot to take down the Bulldogs. <laughs> Missouri 7-1, and one. yeah, the only game they lost was to LSU in a high-scoring 49-39 matchup that was actually a little closer than the score indicated. And, you know, we, we've spoken a little bit about this during the week, and Road Dog is one of the Bulldog fans that I know that is more than a little bit concerned about a letdown against Missouri. And they keep bringing up, hey, remember last year? Remember last year, Georgia? I barely survived that trip out to Columbia, Missouri, as Missouri had the lead for most of the game. And then Georgia woke up in the fourth quarter and was able to come back and get a tight win over the Tigers. Look out! They've had two weeks to get ready for the dogs. They're going to have a great plan. They've got a great quarterback in Brady Cook. They got a big go-to receiver in Luther Burden the third. They got a top fifteen running back in Cody Schrader. And they got a ton of transfers too. <laughs> you look at this roster on offense and defense. Transfers all over the board. Eli Drinkwitz did a really good job in the transfer portal to solidify this football team. Dabo, you might want to pay attention to what Drinkwitz is doing there. Glad he let Don Lovett get out, though. That was good. Yeah, no doubt about it. We've really taken advantage of that. I do want to bring up this, though. Georgia, a 15-and-a-half-point favorite, and I see where the computer simulations uh, that are out there, one of them has a score, Georgia 34, Missouri 20. So if you're thinking, okay, if you're going to gamble on this game... How would I just have often wondered? I, I'm not a guy that that gambles my hard-earned money. We do it, throw out some best bets on a Friday, and it's just my reputation on the line, not my wallet. But how would a Georgia man take Missouri plus fifteen and a half, and then go cheer on the dogs at the game? I don't know many. I mean, that is Georgia a complicated scenario. I don't even like betting on Georgia to cover because then, yeah, when they win by fourteen, you're a little disappointed when. You probably shouldn't be. Well, I, I tell you what, I'm expecting Georgia to cover that 15 and a half. And now they're saying, Baloo, what are you talking about? Yeah. They've, they, they, they barely covered this season. Well, I think they, they've covered here recently. So maybe they're trending up. And I wanted to remind you, too, that this game's not in Columbia, Missouri. This game's on Dooley Field between the hedges at Sanford Stadium. Place is going to be sold out. Fan base is going to be electric, and it's going to make it tough on the, this Missouri team. You know the mistake Missouri made the last time they came to Athens was they loaded the box to try to stop the run game. 
And the uh, Bulldogs lit him up with a passing attack. If I recall correctly, they had like four passing plays over 40 yards. I mean, we're talking explosive plays in the passing game. So if you're going to put eight men in the box to try to try to slow down the run game, then you're leaving yourself vulnerable against the pass. And I'm not sure I'd want to play it that way if I was Eli Drinkwitz this time around with the way that Carson Beck and Mike Bobo and this uh, deep receiving core and the job the offensive line is doing protecting Carson Beck. They've given up very few sacks, very few quarterback pressures on Carson Beck. He's got a multitude of receivers that he's spreading the ball around to. So that's the first thing I'm going to be looking for as this game un- unfolds, is how is Missouri playing it on defense? They're going to come up and try to put seven or eight in the box and slow down the run game? And that's what Bobo and his staff are going to be examining in the first and second possession of the game. All right, coming back on the other side, we'll talk a little Georgia Tech as they get ready for a, a huge game, in my opinion. We'll do that next. You got the Buck Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. How about Tech? The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at NaturalBody.com. show on the fan appreciate you being with me on this thursday and heads up chuck and Chernoff broadcasting live buffalo wild wings peachtree parkway and peachtree corners coming up later today back there out seems like uh, each and every thursday buffalo wild wings having some fun uh, this one peachtree parkway peachtree corners for the atlanta football feast they'll be hanging out our crew will till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Some great prize giveaways courtesy of More Than Sports. So get on out. Not a better place to be on Thursdays during the football season than at Buffalo Wild Wings Sports Bar. Stop on in and see the boys later today. All right, don't want to leave out Georgia Tech as we talk college football. We're the home of the Jackets. How could I do that? Come on, man. And a huge game for Georgia Tech coming up Saturday. Taking on Virginia in Charlottesville. And our Georgia Tech talk on the Blue Show today brought to you by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. So Virginia's 2-6. and six. 
And Brent Key saying, don't worry about the Virginia record. Worry about the way they're playing now. They mentioned this yesterday. They've played four consecutive ACC opponents tough. And so I, I would assume Brent Key's expecting Virginia to play tech tough on Saturday. And it's a huge game for the Jackets. Huge for bowl eligibility, which was a goal coming into the season. Uh, I'm sure Tech and the Jackets would love to win back-to-back games for the first time this season. It's been a roller coaster ride. You win one, you lose one. You win one, you lose one. But I've been so impressed with their quarterback, Haynes King. And to dive a little deeper than just crediting the quarterback, I've been really impressed with Buster Faulkner who was running that Georgia Tech offense. A year ago, Georgia Tech was 13th out of 14 ACC teams in scoring offensively. They averaged 17 points a game. Wow, that's exciting. Right now, they're averaging 32 points a game. What a huge impact that both Faulkner and Haynes King have made with this Georgia Tech football team. It's easy to see, and it's very easy to be impressed. King now with 21 touchdown passes this season, and he's got more games to play. Coming off a really outstanding performance against North Carolina, where he was 23 of 30, had four touchdown passes, didn't get sacked once. Really impressive. Let's hear from Haynes King talking about the great job Buster Faulkner has done by early in the game throwing or calling a lot of quick pass where he can get into his rhythm, get some confidence throwing the football. It's really helped this Tech offense. I feel like it helps everybody. Um, you know, it gets the whole offense in rhythm, running and passing. Uh, has the, the defense running sideline to sideline. Instead of just north and south, they can stuff the run uh, now we're in long uh, passing situations uh, behind the state. You get them running sideline to sideline. One, they're tired. Less pass rush. Uh, now we can run the ball. It, it just gets the whole thing in rhythm. Yeah, you got to love being in rhythm. And as a quarterback, former quarterback, I can really appreciate this. You get some early throws to get the game. Some early throws as you get the game started where they're, they're going to be completions. And now you you start to establish a little bit of confidence early in the game. That is huge for a quarterback. Great job, Buster Faulkner. I think the Falcons could take some notes on that. Some good, quick, early passes for your... Uh, yeah, don't even get, get me started. started earlier. But anyways, back to Tech. Yeah, this is uh, good coaching at any level. You, you allow the quarterback to get a little confidence early in the game. Huge. Now, here's Haynes King talking about what he thinks of Virginia. I mean, a great team, great coach, not a lot of bust. They play physical, play fast. Uh, and, I mean, it, it amounts like, just look at them this, these past two weeks. They beat North Carolina. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They, they played a, a heck of a game, coached well. Then they go to Miami, uh, take them to overtime. You know, uh, same deal. C- came out, they're playing well, controlling the line of scrimmage. Like, they, they're a good, great football team. Um, and that... We've got to be prepared this week to play a great football team at Virginia. Well, let me disagree with one thing Haynes was saying, all right? The, the term great. That's I understand I just building saying, up yeah. the opponent, both for yourself so you get uh, super motivated to play the game. 
But uh, come on, everybody knows that Virginia at two and six is not great. They're not even close to being great. So probably a, a better uh, use of another term uh, comes to mind there uh, because you look foolish sort of saying this. Maybe they're, they're playing their best football of the year right now. Yeah, I mean, that? that's <laughs> what you want to be saying. And maybe that? that's what he meant. Right now, they're playing really good football, playing at a high level. Started off the year not playing so much, not playing very good. Right now, though, they're playing a really uh, better brand of football. We're going to have to play our best to get a win here. I mean, that's what you want to be saying as a quarterback. So I can appreciate that. Hey, we got the final uh, weekend of the regular season in Georgia high school football, and we want you to count on us. So we've got our Friday night football game of the week. Join the fan and Extra 106.3 as we give you the action plus after the ball game, we deliver scores and highlights from around the state. So uh, coming up tomorrow night, 7.30, we got Grayson taking on Parkview in our Friday night football game of the week. Then stick around after the game for the Georgia High School Scoreboard Show. You get scores and updates from all around the state of Georgia. And all that is presented by Johnny's New York Style Pizza, WNB Factory, Piedmont Urgent Care, and Fox 5 Atlanta. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955. Time for the final word, and I just want to throw this out there. My thoughts are with all of the high school seniors playing football. My thoughts are with them tomorrow night. It's the final regular season game. And football careers are going to end tomorrow night. Not everybody makes the playoffs. And I want these seniors to know my heart goes out to you. Because most people, they don't realize this, but you can play basketball in rec leagues when your high school career is over. You can play baseball in the over 40 league, or you can play some softball, get your fix there. You can play tennis, golf, and run track and 5K and 10Ks and marathons and half marathons. With football, you're never going to put on the pads again. 95% of these high school players, seniors, will never put on those pads again after tomorrow night. And you go from totally being all in, consumed by the sport, to never, never being able to play again. And that's extremely, incredibly difficult. High school football is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And then it ends so quickly. I know it hit me hard my senior year, or even before that. You know, as a freshman, sophomore, and junior, being in the locker room, final game of the regular season, or in the playoffs, and looking around at the seniors and thinking, okay, this is their last game. I want to send them out a winner. It's such an emotional thing. And I've got a son that's a senior that might be playing his final football game tomorrow night. So, again, my heart goes out to you guys. I totally understand. That's going to do it for me. Nick and Chris are coming up next. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. 
or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.